0: Romans 6, verse 1 says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall he who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus Christ have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, that's Easter, right? Christ is raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with Him in the likeness of His death, certainly we shall also be in likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is free from sin, Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death is no longer His master over Him. For death that He died, He died to sin once for all, but the life that He lives, He lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Jesus died, and rose again. That's what it's talking about, right? The Easter, Good Friday and Easter. You guys did something on, on Good Friday that was pretty remarkable for a group of people. We, we filled this place up on Good Friday and we exited in silence. We exited in silence um, because we wanted to understand the, the reality of the death of Christ. But then we know that Easter's coming. And today is Sunday morning we understand Easter. So Jesus died, Good Friday, and He rose again, Easter. And He was buried in the tomb And God the Father resurrected Him to eternal life by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the Easter story. And verse 4 in our text here says that our water baptism is symbolic of those events. Look at verse 4. Therefore we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Our water baptism is symbolic of of those events. We die to sin and self with Jesus. We are buried under the water like He was buried in the tomb and that's why, maybe it's a little different for some of you, we do um, the scriptural pattern of water baptism, which is water baptism by immersion. We take people and we dunk them under the water just like everybody in the Bible was. We dunk them under the water because the symbolism makes sense. That's that's why they did the symbolism of it. We are symbolically buried with Jesus at baptism. It's like our Good Friday. We're buried under the water. And then like Jesus, what happens? I don't hold you under the water. I don't hold you under grace. Yeah, I won't hold you under. Then like Jesus, we are resurrected from death to life, by the power and the glory of the Father. That's your Easter morning. Water baptism is the Easter story applied to our lives. Water baptism symbolizes what God's plan for each of us is. That we would die to our old self that we were born into. All of us is born into a life ruled by sin and separated from God. That's what the scripture tells us. It says we've all been born into that. And that God wants to give us a new life. He wants to give us a new life in Him, resurrected to new power. Look at, verse, look at what verse 5 says about that. It says, For if we have become united with Him in the likeness of His death, certainly we will also be like Him in the resurrection. The resurrection power. We are like Him in dying so that we can live like Him in life with resurrection power, His very power living within us. And look at the results of that empowered life. Verses 6 and 7 say, if you have this life, what will it look like? How will it be expressed? Verses 6 and 7. It says, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for He who has died is free from sin. Look at that. Sin is conquered. We are no longer slaves to sin, it says, when we have new life in Christ. Can we still sin? Yes. Yes. Do we still sin? Yes. But do we have an ability to say no to sin by the power of God in our life? Yes. When we die with Jesus and we're spiritually raised by the power of God, we are free now for the first time in our life from the control of sin in our lives. Church, do we grasp what that means to us? When we come to Jesus and receive salvation, it does not end there. Some people think they go to some event and they say, I received Jesus and that's the end of it. No, friends, that's the beginning of it all. This new life that we live with Jesus is to be a life of resurrection power that overcomes the challenges and the sins and we get to live free as God intended for us. We get to live holy lives of those who have died and been resurrected, reborn and empowered by Jesus himself, by his Spirit. And friends, the reason that God chose to have us recognize spiritual salvation by water baptism is so that we would get this point that the old life is gone. It's buried. And now we get this brand new life of power. And that becomes our Easter story. Water baptism, Easter tied together. It's a declaration that we, are, that we now live lives of victory and freedom. And when we do fail, which we will... He says, come to me, seek forgiveness, turn away from that, and I will help change you. By the power of the resurrection that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power can help you live the kind of life that I've destined you to live, that God has destined you to live. So this morning we get to celebrate with four people who have given their lives to Christ. They've some young and and some old and older. None of you are old. older, (laughs) all younger than me. And i um, I and said, I've asked Christ into my life and I've received forgiveness of sins and I'm trusting in the resurrection power of Jesus to help them through life. And so we get to do some water baptisms this morning. And when we do water baptisms, it's just a great party around here when we do it. And I've got to admit, I generally am like, Lord, I love the stories of I had this life and I was far from God and all the destruction, but Jesus came in and changed me. And uh, they're great stories, right? the greatest story ever told is the person who said, Mom and Dad told me about Jesus. And I'm dedicating my life to Jesus from this point on. And I want to live by the resurrection power of Jesus. And I don't want to go through all the garbage and all the pain and all the junk that other people had to go through because they didn't walk with Jesus. And they say, I'm committing my life to Jesus, to walk with Him all the days of my life. And so we get both today. People who said, a little later in my life, I'm getting serious and some who say I'm young and I'm, I'm going to serve Jesus all days of my life. So we are going to baptize um, four people today. So if you're coming in to be baptized, I would like you to stand and join me over here in these seats right here. I know we've got Gracie's here already. So whenever we baptize any of our children and youth that have been through our kids programs, that have, we've just got phenomenal kids programs here that are, that are raising up pe- kids for Jesus. Our goal is to come alongside parents. We don't believe it's our job to raise kids for Jesus as a church. We believe it's parents' job to raise kids for Jesus, and our job is to help parents do that. And so, so we have a great staff of people who do that, and uh, so I always make sure I include um, them in here when we get to do our, our water baptism. So we're going to start out this morning with, with Harold. So um, we are so blessed today. We love the Burks. The Burke family is awesome. Anybody think the Burke family is awesome? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is awesome, right? And so we are so glad that you're um, been part of Portview Church and, and uh, so Harold I want to just ask you would you share with us this morning why you're getting baptized
1: well this is actually going to be my third baptism <laughs> I was born and raised as a, as a Catholic and baptized as a, as a baby and uh, later in life my early 20's I accepted the Lord into my heart which by the way I'm not a whole lot older than early 20's yeah <laughs> After that, uh, I was baptized about five or six years uh, after I'd received a learn in my heart. And, uh, you know, I tried to serve two masters. I did the, the parting with my friends still, you know, the church on Sunday, and, and I even led a Bible study group and thought I did a lot of the right things. But ultimately, no, I, I wasn't. I was, I was serving the world and, the, and God, and I think we all know that that doesn't work so well. So this is my opportunity to show to, to God, my father, to my family, to the church, my family here at church. And you guys truly are a family. Mm-hmm. And I've never felt so connected to a group of people that aren't directly of blood, right, uh, that, I, that I do here. I really am so happy to be here every, every Sunday, every day, that I'm able to come here and, and spend some time with you guys. This is my way of, of asking you guys to hold me accountable for what I do and how I act, to ask my family to hold me accountable for what I do and how I act and help me to be that role model um, that I need to be. But ultimately, this is my way of saying, is for me and my family, we'll serve the Lord our God and only the Lord our God.
2: Amen. Praise the Lord.
0: Let's, let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for Harold. Thank you, God, that, that Lord, we are just in love with the Jesus that's in him. We see the life uh, transformation, the joy that you're doing in his life, and his family's life. And Lord, we celebrate your goodness in them. And Lord, thank you for Harold's uh, desire to say, you know what, uh, maybe I kind of played around with being a believer before, but I'm serious. I want to really serve Jesus. And so God, uh, resurrection power, that's what he's saying, I want. He's saying, I want to, I'm all in, God. And I'm asking you, Lord, fill me with the Spirit. Fill him with the Holy Spirit, he's saying, um, so that he can be empowered to, uh, with that resurrection power to, to live as the man of God that you called him to be. So God, thank you for him. We ask you blessings upon him in Jesus' name. Harold, why don't you be seated. Harold, based on your confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
3: All right. Drake. Everyone give Drake a hand. Come on up, Drake. So, Drake, I, I get to have Drake every Wednesday night in our middle school group. And, Drake, you're 7th grader, right? Yes. Okay. Drake's in 7th grade. And so, Drake, I just want to ask you real quick to share with everybody why you're getting baptized today. Well, I was going to a church, and then we kind of moved. And I, we didn't go to church much after that, and I kind of felt we drifted away from God a little. And then once we started coming here, like the bridge and stuff, I really started to feel more connected to God, and now I feel that I need to accept Him and be baptized. Amen. Amen. So, so you've accepted Jesus yes. as as your Savior. You're a follower of Jesus, and so this is the next step for you, right? In obedience. So let's, let's pray. God, we want to thank you for Drake. Lord, thank you that... Um he has committed his life to you, God. Thank you that he has chosen to follow you for the rest of his life lord and and I just pray that as he gets baptized today that this would just be a continuation of that of that disciple discipleship process that he started, God. I pray that he would continue to follow you, that he would make choices that would reflect his relationship with you, God, that even when times get difficult, even when he's tempted, even when um, things all around him may seem tough and he may not have answers that he would continue to choose to follow you in everything he does so thank you God for his life and for his family in Jesus name amen great based on your confession of faith I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit
4: and
2: oh happy day Happy
3: Right, this is Reed. Reed and Drake are brothers, so this is Drake's younger brother, Reed. So, this is pretty special, hey Harold, Amy? See your boys getting baptized. So, um, Reed is a 6th grader, and once again, I, I get to see you on Wednesday nights too. We have, we have a good time, don't we? I, I really appreciate it. We have a ton of fun. If you've never led a middle school boys small group, you haven't lived. <laughs> just saying so so reed could you just tell us um this morning why why you're getting baptized
4: yeah i ask jesus in my heart and want to show everyone i want to help others to find jesus christ and to be a good example
3: awesome would you join me in just praying for reed God, thank You for Reed. Lord, thank You for just uh, this incredible day as a family. Lord, thank You that he is a brother and mom and dad and and sister who are followers of You, God, that they can do that together. And and Lord, I just pray once again for for his life as well, Lord, as he moves forward, as he grows older, Lord, that he would continue to pursue You with everything he has. God, that his... His desire for you would only increase, God. That he would have a better understanding of you as he grows older, Lord. That he would just have a heart, God, that that would have compassion for others, as as he said. To set an example. And so, God, thank you for his life. Thank you for this great decision that he's making this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Read based on your confession of faith. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Give you glory, glory Give you glory, glory Give Alright, Gracie This is Gracie Ward And Gracie, are you in 6th grade too? Wow That's pretty awesome it's, it's not fair that I get to do more water baptisms than you It doesn't happen often Gracie is a sixth grader, and once again, I know you come on, on Wednesday nights, and so we just we just love um, working with you and all the rest of the middle schoolers. So, Gracie, could you just tell everybody why you're getting baptized this morning?
4: Um,
1: well, we went to this one church, um, New Life, and um, they just had like more fun things, and um, it didn't really bring me closer to God. And once we came to this church, it was
0: amazing, and it really.
3: So- So Gracie, you've committed your life to Christ. You're a follower of Jesus. That's right. And so as you get baptized today, that you've chosen to get baptized on your own and you're saying that you're going to follow Jesus for the rest of your life, right? Awesome. Let's let's pray for Gracie. God, thank you for Gracie. Lord, thank you for her life. God, thank you how she has been sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Lord, for years that we've been able to watch her grow up, God, as, as, as she's made decision a decision to follow you, Lord, and now with water baptism today, I pray that those decisions to follow you would continue, that in each area of her life she would continue to choose you. God, thank you for how just the incredible work that you've done in her her life and in her family's life, God, and we just give you all the glory for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Gracie, based on your confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: My fault. He told me that I'd do it. And I did. I watched him turn water into wine. I watched him heal the sick. I watched him raise the dead. I helped take the burial clothing off of Lazarus. I was even so bold enough to say, bid me to step out of the boat onto the water. I walked on water. I did. I did. I walked on water so what I denied him do the two balance each other out no not at all I denied him three times three times I denied him I'll never forget when he told me to go back out fishing I had been fishing all night and I was so tired My brother Andrew was supposed to have returned from Jerusalem the day before, but he never showed up. It didn't matter. I fished all night and didn't catch a thing. I was out there all alone. My arms were so tired from casting the net. All I wanted to do was curl up in the boat and go to sleep. I had just dozed off when I heard my brother holler, Cephas, Cephas, I have found him. Finding God. That's a strange saying. I mean, we're the ones who are lost. And here's my brother saying that he has found God. Have you found God? If you have, your life will never be the same. Indeed, Andrew had found him that day. But I wasn't so sure. I mean, he was this carpenter. Not a fisherman. Jesus from Galilee. Go back out, he said. Go back out onto the water. Like like it was some kind of joy ride and, and he and Andrew were going to go along for the ride. I was so tired and hungry and yet there was something in the way that he looked at me we did as he said we went back out on the water and then he said to cast the nets on the right side of the boat well the rest is history I've learned a lot about that look since then. I saw it for the last time when he told me that I was going to deny him. I wanted so much to prove myself to him. I mean, after all, he said that he was going to build his church upon the understanding that I had in him and about who I said that he was. That's why I thought surely I wouldn't be able to deny him. But I did. He changed my name, you know. He had so much faith in me that he changed my name from Cephas, which means pebble, to Peter. That means rock. I'm a lot more like a pebble than I am a rock. He's the rock. He's the immovable. If I am a rock, it's only because of Him, not me. And I proved that three days ago. And now look at me. Here I am, behind closed windows and and locked doors. And He's gone. I just want to see Him one last time and tell him I'm sorry. Forgive me. Please, forgive me.
4: Open the door! Hurry! It's Magdalene!
2: Magdalene, what are you doing on the streets at this hour? Hurry, before
4: someone sees me!
2: What are you doing on the streets? I have seen him! You have seen who? I have
4: seen him!
2: What are you saying? You're mad!
4: Mad at myself for? not believing him, yes, I am. But, Peter, I'm telling you, I've just seen Jesus. Marry Magdalene. Don't marry Magdalene me. I saw him. He spoke to me. We went to anoint his body with fresh linens and spices. When a man outside the tomb said to me, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. And I thought... Where have they taken my Lord? I was weeping outside the tomb when I heard a voice ask me, Woman, why do you weep? I turned to him to answer and said, I don't know where they've taken my Lord. But that's when he said, Mary. And I knew it was him.
2: He said your name.
4: Oh, yes. And when I heard his voice... I knew that everything was going to be all right.
2: I don't know, Mary. That's fine for you to say that. What would he say to me? Peter, how could you have done such a thing to me? I just can't bear to see him.
4: No, Peter, it, it's not like that.
2: Mary, if, if that were true, that would mean that... he
4: arose. From the dead. I don't know. He told me to tell you. What? What?
2: He told you to tell me something? What?
4: He smiled real big and said, Mary, go tell Peter that I am alive.
2: He said my name. Yes. He said my name.
4: Yes. Go and see for yourself.
2: All right. I will. John, come with me to the tomb. Maybe failure. Failure isn't final
4: Isn't that just like Jesus somehow he knows everything that we're going through He took the time to call Peter by name In spite of all of our faults he calls us all by name
0: You know, not only is Easter a message of resurrection power. That's what we saw at water baptism. From death to life. From bondage to freedom. New spiritual life in Jesus. What we've just seen is that the Easter story is also a message of hope. You know, the drama just depicted the events in in Peter's life during that time um, between Jesus' crucifixion and his resurrection. Peter, the one who who said that even if everyone else would deny Jesus, that he never would. You know, that same man that, that under just the right set of circumstances, when the pressure was turned up and the circumstances were just right, he rejected Jesus and he denied that he even knew his name. and He denied him three different times on that night. And we can imagine from Peter's life, what we tried to depict in the, in the drama, is that that failure must have absolutely crushed Peter. He thought that there was no way possible for Jesus to ever forgive him. He had to think in his heart there's, there's no way that what he did could be forgiven because it was just too bad. He could think back over the years of Jesus' ministry and say, yeah, well, right, sure, Jesus could forgive you know, some prostitute caught in adultery and could say to her, you know what, I don't condemn you and, and uh, go and, and sin no more. But he look, could look at that and say, but she didn't know any better. Or Jesus could probably forgive some, some man who his friends came one day when Jesus was teaching and, and tore the roof out of a house and dropped him down on a pallet. And Jesus looked at him and said, you're forgiven. And it startled everybody. He said, who are you to forgive? And he said, well, to show you that I can forgive, why don't you just rise and walk? And he rises and walks. He forgives him and he, and he heals him. saying yes, you know what? I know Jesus can, can forgive those people. But Jesus must have sat there and thought, but this is, this is different. Peter, he knew better. He knew the truth. He had, he had walked with Jesus for over three years. He saw all of his miracles. He heard all of his teachings. And he knew better. Yet when the pressure was turned up and things happened just the right way, he rejected Jesus. And in his heart and in his mind, he thought surely Jesus wouldn't forgive him for such a terrible thought, such a terrible action. That's at least what he thought about the situation. But then the ladies came. They came from the tomb with this incredibly unbelievable, amazing story. Jesus isn't in the tomb. He's alive. And they talked to him. They, the, 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 Jesus himself had, had talked to them. And the ladies said, You know what he said, Peter? He said this from Mark's Gospel. Go tell the disciples and Peter to meet Jesus in Galilee. Go tell the disciples and Peter. And Peter must have thought, why did he say my name? Am I still one of the disciples? Why did he say, is it possible, just possible, that Jesus could possibly forgive me? The thought must have trickled into his mind that maybe he had tried to close the door on, thinking, is there any possible hope for someone who has blown it as badly as I have? Well, Jesus gives Peter, his answer, in just a few short days after that. Scripture shows that, that Peter and Thomas and Nathaniel and James and John didn't really know what to do since Jesus had died and there were these stories circulating that the fact that he maybe isn't really dead and he's, he's really alive. And so Peter did what Peter knew how to do. Peter said, you know what, I'm going, I'm going fishing. And he goes fishing with his friends, his, his former fishing colleagues in their fishing business. He returns to his old way of life before he had ever met Jesus, before he had denied ever knowing him. And after fishing all night and catching nothing, they headed back to shore to give up. And as they're heading back to shore, they see a man standing on the shore. And the man from the shore shouts, and he says, Have you caught anything in all your fishing? And they shout back to him, We haven't caught a thing. We fished all night and we've got nothing. And the man said something that they had heard before. The man said something, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find a catch. And so they cast their net on the right side of the boat and they catch a huge catch of fish. And all of a sudden, in that instant, it sinks into Peter. He goes, I've experienced this before. This is a, it's, it's a deja vu experience. I've been here before. When have I been here Before. And he remembers the first day he had met Jesus. Jesus had told him, I know you fished all night. Now go cast your net on the other side of the boat. And that day when he obeyed him, he caught this huge catch of fish, and that he realizes that guy on the shore saying, If you caught anything, not just some curious bystander, that guy on the shore is Jesus. And he realizes the stories are true. Jesus is really alive. The Scripture says that, that Peter jumps into the lake and he swims to shore and he finds Jesus and he finds the answer to his question, the most important question of his entire life. Is there any hope for someone who has blown it as badly as I have? And the story that follows in Scripture gives us the answer, gives Peter his answer. And I want to look at that, that story from Scripture Found in the Gospel of John in the the 21st chapter. Because it answers the question for Peter, and it answers the question for any one of us who would ever think is it too late for me? Have I blown it so much that Jesus could never forgive me? In the 21st chapter of the Gospel of John, it tells about this encounter with Jesus, starting in verse 10, and says, Jesus said to them, This is after he's called from the shore, and Peter swam to shore. He says, bring some of the fish which you have now caught. And Simon Peter went and drew the net to land full of large fish, 153, and although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. And none of the disciples ventured to question him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and the fish likewise and Now, this was the third time that Jesus was manifest to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my lambs. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Shepherd my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my lambs. Jesus had told Peter that he would deny him before it ever happened. He said he would deny him three times. When the time of testing came, Peter denied him three times. And then during this encounter with Jesus, after that, after all these things, after the stories of his life, during this encounter, he very specifically wants to let Peter know something. All is forgiven. And Jesus asks the same question three times. Simon, son of John, do you love me? The same question three times each time to counteract one of the times that Peter had denied him. Three times Peter had failed and three times Jesus allows Peter to affirm and reaffirm his love for Jesus. Jesus is trying to get Peter to understand something, you know, he's saying Peter I know that you failed, but I know that you love me and I love you. It's okay. Paul is forgiven. You may read that story and hear of this and say, but you know, how do you get that? He's forgiven from this conversation. Because look at what Jesus instructs Peter to do each time he reaffirms his love. He says, do you love me? Tend my lambs. Do you love me? Shepherd my sheep. Do you love me? Tend my sheep. What's Jesus saying? Jesus entrusts his most valuable possession to Peter. He entrusts his people to him. Jesus isn't talking about lambs and sheep. He's not talking about farm animals here. He's saying to Peter, Peter, I know you love me. All is forgiven. Now, Peter, I have a job for you to do. Take care of my people. Take care of my church. I still will build my church upon your confession of faith. Jesus not only forgave Peter, friends, he restored him. And he not only restored him, but he validated him. And he projects a future for Peter where he would be used by God to love and to care for the most precious thing to God, his very people, the people he called his sheep. See, Jesus didn't just forgive him. Jesus blesses Peter and says, I've got something wonderful in store for you. And church, that's the Easter story. That's the Easter story, church. Because Jesus died in our place, paying the price for the sins we are guilty of. And the Bible simply says we're born into such a condition of humanity that we're all born guilty of sins. That he, Jesus dies in our place and He pays the price for the sins that we are guilty of. And He rose from the dead in victory over that sin's control and death. And He breaks it and He sets us free. And he says, now any of us, no matter how much we have blown it, can come to Jesus and be forgiven and be blessed by Him and have a future where He says, I have great things in store for you. The message of of Easter is that God loves you so much that He would not spare any cost to reach out to you. He gave it all in order to reach out to you and to reach out to me. And all He's looking for is for us to love Him back. That's all He's looking for. He calls out to us like He called out to Peter. And He simply says this, Do you love Me? And He wants us to know Him and to live in a loving relationship with Him. You see, the message of Easter is that no one is too far gone or too bad to be receive forgiveness from Christ. Jesus loves you no matter what. He just wants to forgive you and bless you so that you can love him back. Friends, the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive right here, right now. And he loves every one of us. His word says that by his spirit, he lives in the lives of his followers. That means that he is right here, right now. And when you understand that love, that he loves you and he's here for you, You can't help but love him back. That's the message of Easter. He's simply saying, I love you and I want to be in relationship with you and I want to carry you through all your dark times and and forgive you all your things if you'll come back to me. I want to express my, my dear love to you so that what you will do reflexively back is to love him because that's what he wants for you and I to live in this Really, very real love relationship with Him. Not Sunday obligation. Not empty religion. But real life in Christ. Easter is all about that. That's the Easter message. When you understand that, you can't help but love Him back. That's what Easter is all about. Right? Right. God is so good to us. I invite you to stand with me this morning. And I want to pray. Would you join me in praying this morning? Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that You are alive and You love us. We are so grateful for the empty tomb. Father, that when we look at life in this world, we recognize that without a doubt, there is no one in all of human history that's been more influential than You because you aren't just some person, you are God. And That Lord, you're alive today and we're so grateful for that. Because that transcends just some religious observance that, that helps us understand that you want to, in your living presence, interact with us today. And so Lord, we, we just open up our hearts and we surrender to you. We say, God, we want You. We need You. And we love You. Lord Jesus, help us to just know You more. Help us this Easter season to be so aware of your, of your reality that it literally changes how we walk through life. It changes how we look at everything knowing that You are walking with us if we invite You into our world. Thank You, Lord. Now as we're just in a moment of prayer this morning, It's a moment of contemplation. Maybe you're here today and you may think you're too far gone for Jesus to love you. The story of Peter is that you're not. If he could forgive Peter, he could forgive you. And I simply want you to open up your life to him this morning. And I'm pretty sure that if you'd if Christ isn't the center of your world there's something going on inside of your just inside of you right now there's something saying i need this i need jesus he's not mad at you he loves you if you're ready to say lord jesus i want to I want to come into relationship with you. I want to be forgiven. I want that resurrection power to to change me. I want to live in relationship with you. So in the quietness of your heart. You can pray something like this. You can just pray, Dear Jesus, I need you so much. I'm ready for a change. And on this day, I surrender to you. I open up my life and I say, Jesus, come in and make me brand new. I want to be free. I want to be free to live the life that you want me to. I want the bondages, the chains of all the things that hold me back to be broken. And on this day, I call out to you. And I say, come into my life. And make me brand new. So today Lord Jesus. I welcome you as my Lord and my risen Savior. And I just commit Lord. Even though I don't even understand what it all entails. I just commit that from this day forward. I want to walk with you. I want to be your follower. So help me God. Carry me along. I trust you for that today. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, maybe for the first time, I challenge you to do something. Before your head hits the pillow tonight, would you tell somebody that, that you suspect or maybe you know is a follower of Jesus? Would you tell them I've I've decided I'm gonna I'm gonna respond to Jesus' call and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give my life to him and I'm gonna follow him. They're going to help you in your walk. They're going to help you in your, as you go. If you've done that today and you don't have a church home, we are, we're here to help you any way we can. Come let us know. Come let me know. And we'll help you however we can so that you can have the kind of life that Jesus wants for us. You know, Peter, the story goes, he went on to be an incredible leader for God. He went on to be used of the Lord to establish the church. One of the most influential men in all of history for Christ. Living the glory and the power of Jesus. Used mightily by God. He went from from failure to victory. And friends, it all is because of Jesus. And we have all kinds of stories in this place. Mine's one of them that represent that same exact story. And we just love to, to, to walk with Him together. So friends, I hope you have a wonderful, real Easter that's not about candy for your kids and it's not about just ham with the relatives. That's all fine. But it's about knowing that Jesus is alive. God bless you. If you want prayer this morning, myself and some of our pastors will be here to pray with you. If you just want to spend some time in prayer in your seat before you go or up in the front at the altar area, you're welcome to come do that. But when you then feel dismissed by the Holy Spirit, please quietly make your way out of the sanctuary while those people who are praying and have a wonderful Jesus-filled Easter. God bless you. Go with God.